I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, listener, and welcome to the, oh my word, the final episode in series two of Some Families. For those that don't know, and if you're coming to us new, right on our very last episode of the season, we are a podcast that celebrates LGBTQ plus parenting in all its glorious forms. And if you don't know me, my name is Stu Oakley, and I am an adoptive dad to three beautiful little monsters. And I'm actually here in real life, IRL, with Lottie Jeffs, my co-host. Hi, Stu. It's so weird that you're 3D. We're sort of touching each other. Touch each other's hands. It's really strange. And actually, I get to see your full outfit in all its glorious forms as well. You see my bottom half. Listener, Lottie's wearing the most amazing Mm. blue suit and the most amazing shirt that I've just noticed has rainbow cuffs as well yes. she's bringing the gay I to am, us today bit of paul smith gay <laughs> yeah we did, we're recording in the middle of the day so i'm sort of in like executive realness mode in my um my work outfit but it's it's so nice to see you in real life and thank you listener for joining us here if you don't know my name is lottie and i'm a mum to a beautiful little girl who actually happens to rule the roost i heard a good term today that i'm sure everyone else knows called three-nager when when your little kids three and they just start acting like a absolute oh God, that is so true. teenage diva, I love and that. And we're coming into that phase right now, I think. So, if you're new, welcome. If you're an old friend, it's so great to have had you on this journey with us this season. And please do go back and listen to any of the episodes that you haven't maybe heard before. Yeah, we do like a binge. Mm-hmm. You can go back and have a binge on all the all the previous episodes and like I said it's so nice just to be with you in person how have you been how's this week been for you it's been good thanks to you and I'm super looking forward to the weekend because listener we are going to be having our first family get together Stu and I and our lovely producer Hattie are all going to get together with our families for the first time ever because actually believe it or not I haven't met Stu's kids or his husband and he hasn't met mine no it's been a long time coming we should do like a live something from the encounter we'll do a special we'll do a special from my back garden this yeah it's bound to be some sort of child related drama i'm quite um intrigued to know how my daughter will interact with three children at once because she's yeah do you think she might i mean my lot are quite overwhelming at the best of times yeah, so she, she may be a bit like because she doesn't go to nursery on? yet so she might just be like i don't know though sometimes she really surprises yeah. me sometimes i think she's gonna have an issue with things and she doesn't but it's gonna be lovely one way or the other oh my god it would be so nice and also a bit of an intervention for our partners because yes so lottie's wife and my husband have not listened to the podcast i mean um, 
where is the support people so i heard her in the shower the other day listening to the one episode with ben carpenter that i didn't actually do the interview of um but it's fair enough it was one of my favorite episodes even though i wasn't involved Ben was amazing is amazing Mm. she listens to it in the shower don't you listen to podcasts in the shower no Really, I think it's quite a efficient really use of bizarre. time. I'm going to have to have a chat to her about that. I mean, listener, where do you listen to us? Do you listen to us in any unusual places? <laughs> Let us know. Where do you listen to podcasts then? In the car uh, or when I'm walking the dogs, generally, is my kind of podcast listening uh, port of call, mm, as it were. Okay. Stu, how are you? How has your week been? Uh, it's been really good. Really good. Like I said, I'm just excited. I mean, not only am I in a studio, I'm actually in London, which for me... It's quite exciting. Always come up town. I'm like, oh, I'm out on the town tonight. Here I go. I've got my usual heteronormative fight battle on with people. Oh, what's happened? <laughs> well, I will tell you. So I get press releases from people, as I'm sure you do too, being mm-hmm. a la journalist. And I got one this morning, which normally I would have just, no offence, I mean, I am a publicist myself, would have just deleted normally because it was about bowel research okay stay with me listener (laughs) so so but it was about poor awareness of bowel health management in children Mm -hmm. and it's this whole big press release okay that basically how mums must find it hard to manage symptoms of constipation in their young children how mums do this and how mums have found a difficulty about this and the the research has showed that mums correctly said, you see where I'm going with yeah, this. Yeah, I can see. So I wrote back to them and said, can I just ask, was it only mums you did in your, in your research on bowel movements? <laughs> and they've come back and said, yes, research was just with mums. So I've gone back and said, why? Was yeah. it with just <laughs> mums? I haven't heard back yet, but listener, if I hear throughout the episode, I will let you know. Please because let again, us know it's another example. Live. Oh, so apparently dads cannot deal with constipation. Or they or just don't know. Issues. They just don't know or care, apparently. No. And I think it particularly hit me hard this one because we've had certain bow issues with our daughter. And like it's just oh, it's just it's so infuriating. And I wrote something recently in L. You did? I did. About how, again, the notion of parent versus mum and how we need to be more inclusive in our language. And I think it's just another example. Such a good example. It's just because it doesn't do any service to mothers either because it's just, again, hammering home the feeling that only mums should be caring for children. And that's all that women can do is is to be mums and to be looking after the kids and their bowel movements. I mean, come on, it's 2021. Let's get with the programme. Well said, Stu. I love oh, it when you get on your oh, my little soapbox. <laughs> when your soapbox and your high horse it's all just at the so same in, time. It's just so infuriating. But anyway, that was part of my frustration. Oh, actually, we had a similar thing. It's just re- reminded me. My wife took our daughter to the local library, and I wasn't there. I was working, but she she came back and she told me what had happened. And apparently, the woman behind the counter, the librarian, had said to my daughter, "Oh." getting all these books to take home to read with daddy and my wife said she was kind of annoyed at the thinking back that she didn't say anything at the time oh, she didn't say anything no and she regrets it because i think sometimes just in the heat of the moment mm. you're just like oh ha-ha. you just let it pass but i just feel like there should just be better training all around because not only is it the fact that you might have two mums but your dad might have died you might have just never met your dad like y- there's so many 
other things you could say. And of course, she means well. Like, it's not a reflection on her character, but it's another example of just a simple mm. thing that needs to stop happening. Because I, I asked, what, what did our daughter say? And my wife said, oh, I don't think she really heard. But as she gets older, she's going to hear. And I mean, I am actually quite looking forward to that because it will probably be her that says... It will speak up and say... Excuse me. <laughs> I read books with my mama. And actually, there's been a couple of episodes in this season where our guests have told us about similar experiences. Like I remember Didi and Priscilla, the adoptive mums, who told oh, us about their them. fabulous daughter who is always outing them to post people and check out workers and all sorts. Just thinking back to the season's shoot, are there any episodes that stand out for you particularly that you've that you've really loved? Memory Lane. Oh God, I don't know how to pick. It's like picking your favourite children, <laughs> which I never do, obviously. Lady Phil, I loved speaking to Lady Phil because yeah. I love speaking to parents who have been through it and have children who are grown up and can really give that kind of full picture of and what also, they've been through. Lady Phil was sort of a mother in a drag house kind of a way, <gasps> yeah, she? Yeah, because she, just... she had other children aside from just a biological child, yeah. which I think spoke to me as well in mm. so many ways. I have just my daughter biologically and I have an older boy who I treat as my son. That's, that's chosen family and, you know, sometimes you meet somebody and they automatically turn into that family member or that son or that daughter or niece or nephew that you never had. And yeah, we just have a, a strong bond and him and my daughter get on like a house on fire. You mentioned your wife listening to Ben's episode, the dad of six, all who have um, complex needs as well. It was just an incredible story. So and actually, I had to, there was a moment at the end of that record where I just had to take a moment and just go and just have a little cry. Yeah. Because I think everything that he does, not just that he does for those children, but everything he went through, especially with his son, who sadly passed away, like his attitude towards it and the mm. way he's just been able to allow him and his family to move on in such a positive way has been incredible. And I think shows the resilience that a lot of the families that we speak to and a lot of the queer families out there, it shows the resilience that they, they do have. So we've got a 14-year-old, I've got a 9-year-old, 11-year-old, 9-year-old, 6-year-old, and then a 2-year-old. And sadly, in 2019, my little boy, who was three, passed away. It's, it's, it was very sad at the time, and, you know, we've reflected on it. And we're, you know, as a family, we're so glad we offered him a wonderful, a wonderful family home and a unit. We're a tough family, and we, we praise the memorable moments, and we didn't dwell on the... Obviously, the natural and the sad moments, we, we praise the joyous moments that he had in his short little life. And, and we've taken that forward, really. Yeah, I think resilience is such a good word for mm. a lot of the parents we've had on the show, for sure. Absolutely. And Who is um, some of your favourites? Well, just thinking of some of the more subject-based things that we've discussed, certainly opening the conversation up about transracial adoption mm. has been really, really interesting. And our episode with Leon and Nathan and the conversations that I've seen on social media Absolutely. that Leon is involved in have also been really illuminating to me. And I, I think that was one that I learned 
a lot from. Is there anyone that you think we've spoken to that's perhaps changed your perception on parenting or changed your approach to parenting? I think in terms of changing my perception, certainly Freddie McConnell was a Mm. great person to talk to and has really stayed with me in terms of challenging my own language around parenting and just being aware of how often I talk about mothers breastfeeding or Mm. mothers giving birth and just reminding myself to be a bit more inclusive to trans non-binary parents in that I think has been a really really important lesson that I've taken from this season. Like I don't think the word parent gets enough credit you know we have this gender neutral word for mother and father as parent it's like we just don't realize the power of it a lot of the time we don't realize actually how much of what we call mothering and fathering is just parenting. Yeah Freddie was great and then Chris Sweeney as well the dad-to-be who I'm a massive fangirl of because obviously Homo sapiens is amazing and I love Chris. So it was great to have him talk about his his journey. Yes, but we're going to need an update from Chris. We soon. do. Chris, if I you're think listening. season three, Chris, if you're listening, we're going to book you on. So we want to find out how you and William are, are cracking on. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So in today's episode, we've turned the tables and reached out to allies who are also parents and we have asked them to ask us some questions about being LGBTQ plus parents. Yes, it is time to call on the heteros. Hello, heteros. (laughs) We do. We have an amazingly committed community of queer parents, but we thought it was important to reach out to the wider parenting community. It's something we've talked about before because sometimes we can live in a bit of a gay echo chamber where which is great and we love talking to you and we love being able to share stories from the queer community but for really to push kind of our push our agenda yeah let's own that <laughs> let's push our let's push our queer parenting agenda we need the support of allies and we need the support of allied parents so we wanted to help them answer any questions they have in a safe and non-judgmental i mean 
we can be a bit judgy. I mean, I'm we sure. are gay. Off mic, we're day. a bit more judgy, yeah, maybe. maybe. But it, it technically is a safe space, yes. In our first season, a listener wrote to us with a message that read, as a straight parent of two young children who has friends from LGBTQ plus families, this is a great educational tool for myself and answers a lot of the questions I'm afraid to ask and I don't ask. And I think that's the point. And mm-hmm. it goes back to what you're saying with the library in a sense of it's, it's people's intentions and actually they mean well and they want to support us but sometimes they can feel afraid to say the wrong thing and I think we've all been in situations like that where we meet somebody who maybe is slightly different or is a slightly different approach on life and we're worried about saying the wrong thing so therefore sometimes we don't even say anything at all so that's why we wanted to do this episode and that's why we wanted to have this conversation because we do feel it's really important. So first up we have couple of questions the first one is from ellie and helen who you might know as scummy mummies one of the most popular heterosexual parenting podcasts out there and also from my old boss the formidable lorraine candy (gasps) who has just got a parenting book out which i'll let her plug herself but she's fabulous and is a parent to teenagers now and her book is all about how to deal with teenagers ellie helen and lorraine have a question for us Hello there. Hello, I'm Ellie. And I'm Helen. And we are the The Scummy Scummy Mummies. Now, we have a question for you. We want to know what is the best way to ask about your family without getting it wrong? Because let's face it, we're always getting things wrong, aren't we, mate? Oh, every day. And and you've worked with me for eight years. Yeah, about ninety percent wrong. Yeah, now I like it when you tell people that we're having on the podcast that you've you've got their book, but they haven't, you haven't read it. Well, you've read some of it. That's nice. Skimmed it. Yeah, skimmed it. <laughs> so it. anyway, I always say it looks nice. Yeah, it looks like a nice book. Yeah, that's what people want to hear. That's what they put that work in for. Yeah. Um, so yes, we're terrible at questions. So please help us. Uh, thank you. Hi, I'm Lorraine Candy, and I'm the author of Mum, What's Wrong With You? 101 Things Only the Mothers of Teenage Girls Know. And first, I want to say podcast is great. Well done. But I think I'd like to ask the question, what is the best way to ask about your family without getting it wrong? I think it's particularly important for different generations. Mm, so what do you think of those, Lottie? Ooh, I think it's a really good question. I'm pleased that they're they're asking it because it yeah. shows a real intention to to understand and it's not that thing of like oh I don't want to say the wrong thing I don't want to Mm. upset anyone it's just coming from a place of genuine like just tell me what the best way and I've done it myself with some trans and non-binary friends and people that I've interviewed for work it's sometimes just better to say tell me how what pronouns you use how should I be be talking about you tell me things to avoid talking about and I've learned a lot from trans and non-binary people just telling me look Mm. I'm not comfortable talking about my body I don't want to talk about periods I don't want to talk about breasts and that's fine as soon as you know that done you don't need to give it a second thought would you say to them just ask the question I think so I think a really good question to ask particularly for well for, for all of our LGBTQ plus families is how do you speak about how your child came into the world because I think that's a really sensitive question to ask because what you don't want is someone being around your child suddenly saying like oh you don't have a daddy Mm. you have a donor and you've done all this work to not ever say to your child you don't have something and then someone comes along and says that just purely because they didn't know yeah so I think asking and actually my mother-in-law did this and I really appreciated it when we were uh, staying with them in France she said how do you want me to talk to 
my grandchild about the donor what's the language how should I be talking well, that's about it she asked that yeah and I think that was a really it was a, like a really great step for her in way mm. of her showing us that she understood and also just a really great thing to do and really useful because we want the story we tell about her how she's come into the world to be the same yeah yeah and that's and I important think, especially within family members as well definitely I remember when my daughter was first born and, and a, a newborn and not old enough to kind of be paying attention we'd often have sort of slightly fun glib chats about the donor we'd talk about him or we'd discuss him in a way that now she's older I would never want talked mm. about in front of her I think to answer Lorraine and Ellie and Helen's question I'd say a really good thing you can do is just quietly say to the parents not in front of the kids is there anything I shouldn't say how do you talk about where they came into the world and then not make an issue of it and just be like okay got it nice just that, that whole thing of not making assumptions yeah and I think it's something everybody can learn not just queer parents but all families is not making the assumption that whoever you're speaking to has a 2.4 family and actually it's about being more inclusive in your language and taking the safe route before you exactly know what somebody's family situation is and I've been guilty of it myself like I've taken my kids to soft play and I've seen a little girl like crying who's fallen over and hurt herself and I have said to myself oh where's your mum where's your dad like and that's me saying that as well Mm. whereas it could have been so much easier just to say well where's your parents or who's looking after you today exactly like that kind of language When it comes to education, there's obviously a lot of conversation about actually why is it always, when it's a race thing, why is it, say, a black person who has to educate a white person on their race? Or from a queer point of view, why should it be an LGBT person that has to educate somebody? But do you think that there is a job that we need to do as well as LGBT parents to help educate people before they ask or to be open to the fact that you can sense when somebody is questioning something and you can make it easier for them wow I mean I think that's a huge question and I suppose the short answer is yeah I do think we we should Mm. help educate people I don't think we have to see it as a burden and I think we have to know ourselves and our like levels of exhaustion with doing that to know when somebody's just asking and asking and actually you just think I I I can't explain this anymore to you you. see somebody dancing around it a bit and you think I could help them out here I think that's fine I would do that yeah um personally yeah because I'm very open and I made sure that we were very open when we when my daughter started school and ever since you know you know they're adopted and I'm daddy and this is dad and that's it so that language and that opportunity was there and it was open instead of someone think like questioning and I know in terms of how people come into the world some people may find that they don't want to share that but Mm. I think particularly from an adoptive point of view I felt it was really important to share with people straight off the bat that my kids are adopted and you know what they're really proud of that and I'm really proud of that and that's how we came to be as a family I think that's great to be like that oh another really good question I would say for straight people to ask is just really simple what are you both called Mm. so that the person can use the correct terminology because I think probably some straight people don't realize and Claire Lynch talked about this in our last episode the vast difference for a child that's got a mummy and a mama Mm -hmm. and a daddy and a dad like they are completely different people so just being aware of calling your child's parent what they call 
their parent? Yeah, I think that question, as you put it, is really important as well because some straight people might be afraid to say that because they think it could offend. But actually it doesn't if it's framed in the right way. I think where it does become an issue is when people start asking questions like, oh, well, which one's the mum and which one's the dad and which one's this? Like, don't make that assumption. Just say, what do your kids call you? And then remember it so you don't trip up and then keep saying, oh, sorry, I should have said mama and I said mummy. Like, just just try and remember it's not hard. And going off on a slight tangent, you mentioned your mother-in-law and the grandparent to your child. So on the adoption journey, because I don't think we've actually said that word we're yet. We're doing episode. a loads better this there we season. Go. We're not there saying we go. It. Yeah. But on the adoption journey through our agency, they offered a friends and family um, training course. It was like a mini one day condensed training course. And my mom, my sister and my best friend all went on it for one oh, day. Oh, really? That's so, so cool. Yeah. So they learned like really condensed what everything that we were learning. They understood the language, the terminology, the challenges, the pros, all the just how the process works. It was able to give them some education of what their grandchildren have gone through, what their children are going through. Well, thank you, Lorraine Candy. And thank you, scummy mummies. Both of whom, I mean, obviously you've got the Scummy Mummies podcast, go and listen, but also Lorraine Candy has an amazing podcast as well. She does, called Postcards from Midlife. So next up, we have a question from Marvin Harrison and Marvin hosts the amazing, if you haven't listened to it already, Dope Black Dads podcast. So Marvin, what do you want to know? Hi, it's Marvin Harrison from the Dope Black Dads podcast. My question that I would love to ask is, what are the common or unknown differences that being a LGBTQIA parent uh, would experience compared to a heteronormative parenting couple. That's something that comes up in our space. Uh, Often people want to know why do they need a dedicated community when we are inclusive, but it'd be really good to know from your understanding what that experience is. That's a nice question. Yeah, indeed. Thanks, Marvin. The first thing I'd say is that as parents, you come to parenting from a place of having grown up queer and that might have affected who you are now as an adult and who you are as a parent and all of that collage of experiences that have made up your life maybe some of them have been quite challenging and maybe you've been bullied maybe you've faced homophobia maybe your family haven't accepted you and now you're starting a family that's going to put you in a very different place to a straight person who has never had their sexuality questioned or who has never faced any kind of prejudice because of who they love. And I also think as queer parents, we've all come to it from a viewpoint of, not always, but a more challenging process to have our children, which I think brings us together naturally as a community and that there are certain elements that we can find together that that we find in common and I think that's especially through this podcast and we've been on the journey Lottie where I found out a lot about your process you found out a lot about my process and that's not to say that that is an exclusive queer experience either because I find there is a definite relationship to be had with parents who straight parents who have been through surrogacy or IUI or IVF or adoption. But I think it is about being recognising each other as a community Mm. and supporting each other because we do have this 
sense of queerness together. Yeah. And we have been through something that is different to straight parents. Yeah. But then again, as we said before in our show, most of the time we're just parents. We're not... Mm thinking about our sexuality it's only when we're in spaces like this where we feel like we're really exploring which helps those moments the everyday moments feel everyday and feel normal yeah as with anything in life if you don't feel that somebody else is going through your own experience you can feel very alone so knowing that somebody else has gone through that can really help because like you say we don't i don't wake up in the morning and go oh good morning world i'm a gay dad (laughs) maybe i do actually (laughs) but it's also it's about the intersections isn't it of our differences and hopefully in this season we've explored some of those intersections with gay black parents gay black adoptive parents there's so many intersections within our community and within Mm -hmm. our difference that i think it's really important for us to hold space for we have another question from a listener on Instagram who is called at Frugal Fords. Great and name. And this person asks us, what are your favourite unconventional plays on parent names like Mummy and Mama? Ooh, favourite variations. I've got to say I'm kind of a traditionalist myself. Oh. And we spoke to Peyton, who identifies as non-binary, about what they're called. And they told us that their son refers to them as Maddie. And... I think we've talked about this, but I'm daddy and my husband is dad. But how am I going to feel about being daddy in like 20 years time? Yeah. And mama is such a baby thing that you call Oh, I don't know. I quite like mama. I know. It's so like... Are we going down the route again of being quite heteronormative and gender specific? Like I'm saying... Oh, mama's really sweet, but I don't want to be daddy because because actually I have used the example of, well, my teenage son is not going to want to call me daddy. But I haven't even mentioned the fact that my daughter might not want to call me daddy. Everything's cloaked in gender, yeah, isn't it? Well, it's we can't really, escape it. No, so maybe I just will own being daddy. My daughter said the funniest thing the other day. She said, um, oh, I'm having a really good time with Jenny's wife, Lottie. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. <laughs> And so finally, in this little bit of Curious About that we've done today, we had another question from a listener that came in via our Twitter, at Some Families Pod, in case you didn't know. And they have said, how would you describe a good parent who is an ally? What can they actively do to ensure that they are an ally and their children are allies? Ooh, I think filling your home with books about different kinds of families is a really good place to start we love a book oh, we, we love, a, love book. a book um i think challenging when you're playing games what roles the toys are playing in the family like if you're playing mums and dads why not just try what happens with oh it's a mummy and a mama i really uh, like that one and obviously you've mentioned that before about doing that with sylvanian families and we've both done that with sylvanian families to mix them up but yeah, I really like I really like that idea. And I think that's something, again, if we do it, we're just doing it in a gay echo chamber, which is fine because it's helping our children understand that they come from a same-sex family. But, God, imagine if 
actual heterosexual families did that as well so that their children could understand that there are other types of families. I mean, that's what's going to really help us. We actually put together a post that's on our Instagram that lots of you shared, which was lovely. But Mm. we kind of did some kind of tips for Pride Month on how families can support LGBTQ plus families. I mean, you said about stories and sharing. One of the ones we talked as well about in answer to, to this listener's question is and we touched upon it with Andrew Muffet as well is about making your voice heard at school and if you are a straight parent are you challenging the school to find out how inclusive their books are their learning what they're doing to support the new education policies because that can be so powerful for teachers and a school to hear from a heterosexual parent who is supporting and wants their children to have that inclusive learning, that can move mountains in terms of getting things moving along. Yeah, I think that was a really great one. And another one that we mentioned on our on our post was to lean into conversations with your kids about gender, sexuality and everything between from a young age and just make it known that these subjects aren't things that need to be whispered about, that actually it's okay to have difficult conversations and it's okay to not know the answer and Mm. to just talk about things I think is really important. One that you came up with actually Lottie which I found really interesting was the gendering of animals. Oh yeah well I do it myself I'm so guilty of it. So you think we typically gender animals male? Oh 100% and also if you start looking at books like do you know that book Dear Zoo? I went to the zoo. I don't. Anyway, it was like a baby, baby, baby. <laughs> I'm too book. busy reading my gay books, Lottie. Yeah. <laughs> well, my daddy's. But all two the dads. animals in this book gendered male, and then it's just that. So if you start noticing it, animals in books mm. are always male, and I find myself saying it's like, oh, it's Mr. Hedgehog, it's Mr. Penguin, it's Mr. So and so, and like, why? I really hate it when so I do it. Interesting. Yeah. So I try and switch it up. And most of our toys now are sort of gender fluid. Like even in the same conversation, one minute a monkey will be male and then it will be female. And maybe that's the way to do it. Just keep it fluid. For some reason I had in my head then you going, that's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. (laughs) Keep it fluid. So would you say that your Easter bunny is gender fluid? Non-binary. That's non-binary. Yeah. Non-binary Easter bunny. Bunny, yeah. Mm. Good to know. One that I'm obviously fiercely passionate about as well is the, the mum's language. Oh, yeah. And I think if you are, I mean, I talked about companies and organizations using it earlier, but I think if you are a mum and listening to this and you're a straight mum, like, are you actively participating in things that are mum groups or mum spaces or using the mum terminology in spaces where it really should be more gender neutral and should be more parental totally and whatsapp what, groups as a key yeah. example and you could be the one in your whatsapp group to say hey why don't we change the name of this whatsapp group to parents don't wait for the the parent to come into the group to have to make a thing to be like i'm excluded by this yeah to preempt it even yeah. if there are no other kinds of parents in your group just preempt it and just ask for the language to be changed on stuff yeah i messaged recently on a facebook group of our local town which was called Our Town Mums. And I just sent a message to the moderator and said, just wondering if you might be able to change the name of this group to town name Parents, because it's so... Like, everything you're talking about in this group has nothing to do with being 
a mother. Mm. It was about where can you take your kids during the school holidays? Or has anybody got any tips on which school is the best? Or like, hello, like yeah. these are what parental did they issues. Do? She was like, oh my God, I can't believe we haven't done it sooner. Oh, We're going to do it now. And she did it like within a second. I was all ready for a battle. I was like, ready, right, <laughs> here, up the here I come, here I come. And then they announced they were doing it on the group. And again, I was ready like, oh, let's look at the comments. There was one comment where someone was like, oh, this should be a safe space for mums. But then she got shut down completely. Because I don't think we're saying there isn't a space for those you know, specific yeah. mums groups that if you do yeah. just want to be around. And I think this is something mm. that Freddie was saying. Asking for more of something doesn't negate the existence of other things. So there are some places that it's fine. Be a, a mum's breastfeeding group. Yeah, I don't want to be in that. Yeah, fine. But... <laughs> And it would be very weird if I did. Yeah. But I suppose Freddie might say, even with a mum's breastfeeding group, why not change the language to be open yeah. for non-binary and trans parents that breastfeed? Yeah. This is well, very we're true. all learning. It's we a are. process, isn't we it? We are. But it's good to talk about things. I think that's the main takeaway. It's a lotty. So this is it. The end of a series or season two. What are we going to do without our weekly little catch-ups? And what are we going to do? I know. And what are we going to do without you, listener, in our lives? I mean, you're going to have to go back and listen to the whole series one again. And then are series we, two. Are we just going to be, like, really performative with our friends and be, like, telling, like, anecdotes and just being like, <laughs> give me the mic? Where is my microphone? I need to have it in my life. <laughs> well, maybe we can start being actual friends, like, oh, in real life. Maybe. Yeah. Should we start this weekend at our little wrap party yeah. in my garden? Can't wait. Oh, but I have so, so loved this series. And like we said at the top of the show, we've spoken to some amazing people. And this show really wouldn't be the show it is without without them. And next week, or perhaps it's already happened, depending on when you're listening to this, we are going to our first award show, Lottie. <gasps> yes, we're award <gasps> nominees. We are roll out the red carpet i am coming down <laughs> yes all those years spent working the red carpet in your publicist role i know i can actually actually spend some do time do you on know it. how to stand on a red carpet to is it one arm or both i'm doing my hands on my hips i like to, one it depends, arm on the hip it, 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 it depends how extra you want to be mm, quite extra so i think i think go for both and go for like one like almost like your so cage. cinching your waist yes, in like with a the, cinch mm. yeah but that's if you're being super extra. I, of course. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been an amazing season. We've learned a lot. We've laughed. We've cried. We've met some really great people who will hopefully be part of our some families' lives from now on. So we have some final surprise guests <gasps> this week. A special VIP recording of our end of show notes. I think you mean V-I-L-P. Very important little person. I do. Thanks for listening. Some families. I love my mama and my mummy. And I love the Easter Bunny. And I like Stew. If you liked that episode, check that wife's website. 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 Find us on Instagram or Twitter. My daddy is Stu Oakey. Co-host Lottie Death. The booster is Tatty Bob. I hope you join us.
little sunflowers can bum bum can beauty. <laughs> oh, our kids are so cute. We are biased, but they are adorable <laughs> at times. <laughs> Stu, as ever, it's been a pleasure. And thank you to all of our guests this season. And also thank you to our fantastic producer, Hattie. Indeed. So for now, it is a goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Bye. See you in season three. Thank you for listening. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.